Blog Talk Radio. Bernadette Walsh, and welcome to Fearless Fiction. I just wanted to make a few announcements before we get started. Uh, Please, please, please like the Fearless Fiction Facebook page. It'll give you information about all of my upcoming guests. And also, please subscribe to my newsletter for all the latest info about the podcast, as well as if if you sign up, anyone who signs up will get a free copy of my latest novel, A Safe Distance. So you can go to my website, BernadetteWalsh.com, for all the information. So I'm so pleased to introduce my guest, Michelle Davis. Michelle writes women's fiction and is the author of several books, including The Retreat. Her interests include yoga, energy healing, and astrology. So welcome, Michelle. So glad you could join me. How are you? Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, I'm so pleased, especially it's, it's always a treat for me to interview another women's fiction uh, writer. So I, I think we're going to have a great time. Now, I noticed in your bio that you started writing in midlife. Maybe you could talk a little bit about when you started writing and, and what made you get, you know, what made you attracted to writing fiction and especially women's fiction? It was um, about seven years ago. It was a cold March evening in Pennsylvania and I had just gotten back from a delightful restorative yoga class and all I wanted to do was slip into my sweatpants and have a nice glass of wine and watch some TV but I had book club that night and it was such a great host and I said I'd come so you know you want to be true to your word so I put on my big girl outfit and showed up and we had read a book by a local author named Amy Impelizari. It was called The Secret of the Worry Dolls. And she was at our book club, which was great because we could dive into the book a little deeper, learning more about what all sorts of things about why she chose certain characters or made a plot twist the way it did. At the end of the evening, she mentioned she was offering an adult writer's workshop um, Saturday mornings from 10 to 12. And immediately I thought, oh, that's an impossible time. I have kids, you know, or we're traveling to see the other in college. It won't work for me. Um, But at the time, I was working as an independent college admissions consultant. So I was basically working with families and kids and helping them with the application process to colleges and also narrowing down which schools might be of interest of good fit for them. And one of the things I did was help them with essays. And to be honest, the last writing class I had was my freshman year at Lehigh. And it wasn't necessarily one of my better grades. So I thought, you know, this might be just what I need to help my students, you know, work with their essays. So I hemmed and hawed about it for about a week, but then I signed up. And when I showed up, I was the only one there, and Amy did not cancel the class. So in essence, I had, I think it was 
eight to ten weeks, I can't remember, of one-on-one for two hours about how to write. So it extended well past my reason for doing it, of, you know, working with kids and essays. And she had me write personal blogs. And it was hard for me because it was basically putting something out there that was made me vulnerable and I, I resisted greatly. So we shifted that and I would I started a blog I put on my website for college admissions. And that, that was easy to write about because it was very factual, it was very safe. And then towards the end, she said, I think you can write a book. And you know, I kind of laughed and she said, no, let's just start in the middle of it. We don't have to start at the beginning or at the end and let's talk about something that would interest you that you might be currently doing or whatever. And at the time, my husband and I had just started coming to Bend, Oregon. Um, He had been there the year prior on a guy's mountain biking trip and fell in love. And and we always knew we wanted to go west to retire, but we weren't sure where. So long story short, we fell in love with the place and ended up becoming um, here part-time. So two things started happening in my life in 2017, coming to Bend and writing. And so I spent a summer in Bend and I wrote the first draft of my first book. Now, it took another three and a half years to publish it, but that's how I started writing, and it, I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's grown. I've grown in it, and there's so much more growth to occur. Well, that's, that's a really inspiring story. Now, and you had never before this ever contemplated writing, like even in your you know, secret dreams. It was never on your, your bucket list. Is that right? No. I mean... I I did publish a journal article my senior year of college, which was, I think it was like a year and a half course, but it was on automation and factory of the futures. It was nothing like creative <laughs> writing. Or In fact, I, I really didn't like that. But um, no, I just never thought about it. I, I was always like a numbers girl, a math girl. Um, but I don't know that's who that was my true inclination or just how I kind of geared myself in that direction. I I was a finance major at Lehi and ended up uh, working at Philadelphia National Bank and literally felt so out of my comfort zone. It just it didn't I didn't feel like I was making a difference. I didn't feel like it was my calling, and so I went back and got my master's in elementary ed, so different from banking, and fell in love with that career. I loved doing that and taught elementary age kids um, until I had children of my own, and then I went back part-time. But I think naturally I have a, a big creative side, but I never really nurtured it. It wasn't until later in life that I did because I was always focused more on the math and um, that avenue. Right. Well, I, it's it's funny. When I was reading your bio, I really connected with you because in some ways we have a lot of similarities or somewhat similar stories. I was also an economics major with a finance minor and thought I'd do the whole <laughs> Wall Street thing, but I mm-hmm. got accepted to law school and I'd really never thought about going to law school, but you know how you are when you're 22. I said, well, the universe wants me to go to law school. So that's what I'm going to do. And so I went down a path 
And it wasn't until I was in my late 30s, I had just had a child and I was very, very busy. And I'd always talked about writing, unlike you, like writing was always my fantasy, but I always thought I, you know, it was not something that was realistic. Like I thought I would have to be retired and like looking, you know, living on a beach or living in a mountain and somewhere to be inspired. But yet I still always talked about it. And it was my husband who just handed me a computer and he said, you know, stop talking about it, do it or don't do it. And so I, I, I tried to do it. And it was similar. Like I started writing and it was probably like your journal article that you talked about. I was, my first attempt at a novel sounded like a contract. It was so dry and boring, but eventually I kept <laughs> at it and I found, I found my voice and it has just been such a gift to me to be able to express that side of myself. So I think a lot of times, especially when we're younger, you feel like you have to do something practical. Like you have to make your parents proud and you have to be able to support yourself. So we do things and not that there's anything wrong with being a finance major or an economics major or going to law school, but it doesn't always satisfy every, every side of ourselves. So it has been such a joy for me to, to be able to do this in midlife. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you, do you think you could have been a writer or been the same type of writer if you had, if got, if you had gotten the writing bug earlier in your life? say, in your 20s or 30s? That's a great question. Um, Could I have produced? I think I could have produced, but my voice would have been so different. It's taken me a long time to sort of step into myself. Not that who I was in the past wasn't okay. It wasn't that, but to really find, you know, the suit that made me feel the most comfortable. And I certainly... I'm not at the point that I could say I don't care what other people think about my writing or me or anything like that. But when I was younger, I was much more concerned about that. And it would have been very difficult for me to be vulnerable or to even approach certain subject matters um, without concern of how it was being uh, taken by others. And I'd worry about being misconstrued, I think. So I, I don't think I would write with the same um, intention or voice. That's really interesting. So you think you would have been a little too self-conscious, in other words? Absolutely. I probably could have been a nonfiction writer and maybe done something more analytical because that's how my brain functioned more at that point. You know, and it's something I've I've actually was thinking about today when I was walking. You know, how much of our personalities do we that where we pay our attention to, like that we focus on? And I've really focused a lot on my organizational side, my number side, my logical side. And I didn't, not that I didn't allow it. I think it showed up in other ways. Creativity does. I think in terms of cooking and gardening and different things like that it will it will find an outlet but i don't think i recognized it i think i was so achievement oriented that i didn't give it the time maybe that it required mm-hmm. yeah no i think about this all the time especially because as i said i waited until i was i got married later in life so 
I was almost 40, had a baby. And I thought about, you know, what about all the times when the only thing I was really doing was working, which in your 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. I obviously was spending a lot of time establishing my career. But only when you have children, do you realize, actually, you know, being able to just work is amazing, right? Because when you're a working mother, you're doing work and you're taking care of someone and you have to dissect your time so many, so many different ways. And so I would be kind of annoyed with myself. I was like, why didn't I do this when I was 25? Why didn't I do this when I was 35? But I think I would have been a very different writer, not because I would have been self-conscious. I don't think that would have been my issue, but I think I needed to live a little in order to mine Mm -hmm. my experiences in order to create really fully rounded characters. I think if I had started writing at 25, I would have produced a lot of what I liked to read at the time, which was like a lot of chiclet, you know, the pastel covers Mm -hmm. and somebody, you know, meeting Mm -hmm. the love of her life at, you know, Club Med or something, which would have been fun. And that probably would have been closer to my experience at the time. But I just feel like things happen because I, 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 the universe puts you where you need to be. I I hate to say that, but I, I think in some ways it's kind of true. And I think I, if I'd gone down that path, I really would have lost the writer who I am today. So, you know, it all works out, I guess. But, but anyway, I, 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 I wanted to ask you about that yeah. because yeah, it, it really connected it, with me. And, and I think it also inspires people like your life isn't over at 50, right? You can start something new, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the shades of gray. And I think that's, maybe what you're referring to with people in life. I know that I used to see things as so black or white and the older I've gotten, the more they is apparent because so much is situational. We don't know where another person's coming from until we've walked in their shoes or known enough about their life. And so we, I think I was at least quick to make judgments as to good, bad, right, wrong. But now when you see things a little bit broader, it allows your characters to be a little richer. Yeah, that's great. I agree with that. Absolutely. Now, maybe we could talk a little bit about your interesting interests and how they impact your writing. So you Mm -hmm. said you're into yoga and energy healing and astrology. Mm -hmm. And all right, before we start, so what is your sign? Uh, my sun sign's Aquarius, and my rising oh. sign is Cancer. Yeah. All right. I am also a secret astrology uh, file, so I am a Cancer sun sign and a rising Gemini. So hopefully, okay. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get along. I, I used to be very addicted I to the, guess. you know, the Linda Goodman sun so- love signs when I was single. I would always <laughs> check out. <laughs> I. And I don't believe astrology is like cast in bronze. I just think it's it highlights opportunities and also perhaps gives you times you may want to pause. I, I, and I love listening to different astrologers to try to find a common thread because some people find one person and they follow them and that, that's their Bible. And other people like me, it's, it's, I'm just curious. I'm very curious about it. I find that I find it fascinating. And then it, you tie it into human design and gene keys and it, it keeps going on and on. And I realize how little I know, but no. So the astrology is kind of a fun thing that I just dabble in and I love to read and listen to podcasts about uh, yoga. I started doing, gosh, 
think when I was pregnant or right after my first child was born. So that was almost 29, 30 years ago. And um, I had, was taking uh, the Bikram yoga, which I don't know if you're familiar with that. That was It's a very uh, active, aggressive, almost competitive type of yoga, which I loved. But um, I would always, I'm not really flexible. At the time, I was doing a ton of running. So I, I thought the yoga would be good for me, but I still couldn't touch the floor with my fingertips and all that. So I went in and out of yoga but about right about this time that I started writing and we started coming to Bend, I started doing having a, I would call it a yoga practice where I'm doing it multiple times a week and I, I feel a commitment to it. And then last year I finished up a yoga teacher training course, which I took not because I was interested so much in teaching, but for all the personal knowledge for my own practice as well as what I learned about the other limbs of yoga and breath work and so much about, you know, areas to work upon myself. Um, So, and that also combined with energy work is, I mean, energy is everywhere. I I think we feel it. We're sometimes we're more aware of it than others. And, um, but it's, it surrounds us constantly and affects us. And when I can be in the present moment, I find my life goes more smoothly because I'm not preoccupied with the past or worried about the next, the next thing happening. Um, but I've been working with an energy healer I, since 2016. We were just talking about that on the phone. I can't believe it's been that long. And through that process, I've also gone through three Reiki certifications. So... Um, I like learning about different modalities because I'm like I feel like a jack of all trade, master of none. It gives me insight as to what's possible and how we have these tools out there available to us. And there's so many of them: Ayurveda, uh, yoga, breath work. You can go on and on. And um, we can utilize what works for us as individuals to help us live a more fulfilling life. And that's how I've kind of approached it, including astrology. Now, do you find that these other practices help you with your writing? Because I feel that writing is such a, you know, you can sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write X, Y, Z, but so much of it comes almost like from the ether, you know, it comes from other, the unconscious part of our brain. Mm -hmm. And I know, Sometimes when I get stuck, I, I started, um, I've always like sung in choirs on and off, you know, where I had time. And at one point, my writing was really stuck. And I went back to, I went back to singing, not because, not consciously to help my writing, but it's just something I wanted to do. I felt like I was drawn back to it again. And within a few months of joining the choir, when you know it, I started getting ideas again mm-hmm. and my writing became unstuck. And I am convinced that it was stimulating that other side of my brain with music that helped my writing. And so do you feel that, you know, maybe your yoga practice or some of your energy work helps you with your writing, being able to write? Absolutely. And I think even with singing, you're, you're activating your voice. Right. So there's a chakra in our throat, our fifth chakra, and singing helps open that. So you were actually opening up, your voice in a the rhythm way as well as 
their song. Um, I do. I, and it's it's funny, when I wrote the first book, Learning to Bend, I gave myself like a word count every day. I will write, and I don't know if it was a thousand words or what, 500,000. And then when I went through my first revision, I could totally see when it was garbage. I'd be like, oh, I mean, not that it was great. The first, I mean, it's never great, the first draft. But right. I mean, we're talking new levels of low. And I'm like, where was I? What when I, was I thinking? I wasn't ready to write that day. I wasn't in the right frame of mind, but I was just putting it out because I had given myself with my numbers background um, and inclination, a goal of so many words per day. But I wasn't in the right frame of mind. And we don't always have the luxury to write only when we're in the right frame of mind. Sometimes we need to shift how we're looking at the world, and or I'd say shift your vibration high, higher so that things flow more easily. And um, I do. I think the tools help. I think they help with everything, not just with writing. If you're about to have a difficult conversation, if you can, you know, calm your breath or do something like meditate for five minutes or listen to something on Insight Timer app, just like music, it, I think you just approach it a little in a, in a little bit of a better state, you're more yourself. You, you, you shed some of the negative thought processes. So, yes, I do think it helps my writing. And But I think there are just times of our lives where writing is difficult. Our brain's not in it. And um, then we need to give ourselves grace and allow some time off. I like that. I like that. So many writers beat themselves up. And sometimes you just, again, it's writing a book is not like doing a, you know, a finance report or a spreadsheet, right? It is, it almost comes outside the ether. Now, listen, if you sit around and wait forever for inspiration to strike, you'll probably <laughs> never, never finish the book. So have, it has to be a little bit of a balance, but no, I, I, that was a great, great explanation. Now turning more towards your books, what is it that you think makes your books unique, and and why should readers give your books a try? Uh, I think the one thing is my characters are very relatable. Um, they have faults. I don't. Some of them aren't good people, but basically they're all good people who are struggling with the same things we all struggle with. And maybe it shows up differently, but when you take it down to its core, we can relate. Um, so I think, I, I think you would like a lot of my characters. Uh, I think the plots, and this is where, uh, in my series, I've, I've kind of been putting my toe in the water of being uncomfortable, but my plots, I think, are a little different. And whether or not they resonate, I think they're still interesting. So if I go into more of the woo-woo in my stories, that might not be someone's jam, but they may be curious. And so it may that might be a draw for them to read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first two books weren't quite in that avenue, but it, they always had elements of it. I would always weave in a little bit of spiritual practices or a little bit of, um, you know, the the wondering about is there more what's out there you know those are some of the questions that go through my characters minds because I think it goes through a lot of people's minds and we question a lot now in what way do you think your fiction is fearless 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think anybody who writes is fearless because you're putting your thoughts out onto paper or on audio or, you know, digital and uh, you're, you're kind of bearing a part of you that, I remember that you don't have to, that no one needs to see. I, and I remember that being the most difficult part. But most recently, the series I've been working on, the Awakening series, is the story of what starts in the first book of four, but then expands to five women on the, their journey, their path, and how they evolve in their own spirituality, in their own practices. And the first book, it starts off fun. It's fun. Uh, that doesn't sound great when I say why. It's a murder, but they solve it. It's, it's their their core of how they bond. And so there's something, and that's something I normally wouldn't write about, but that, that's a starting point. But through this process, they each develop their or discover their gifts. In the second book in the series, they all go on a retreat together. And the retreat is a spiritual retreat in Costa Rica. And I go on to describe, like, a lot of things that people think are really strange, like sweat lodges and channeling and um, a psychic. And it's a shaman runs the whole thing. So it's, uh, I would say, more of an urban-y like shaman, but it's, it's out there for people who these concepts are new for. So it, for me, that was very vulnerable and fearless to put myself and some and share some of the things that I have found really helpful for me out for other people. And that's I think that's the reason why I do it. I or this and I don't I've never been able to really pinpoint the exact subgenre I write for because I find that really interesting when you publish a book and you have to list for Amazon, you know, where you're mm-hmm. at. Um I I've read so many awesome books. I mean my bookshelf's filled with them, you know different books from, you name it, Eckhart Tolle, Brene Brown, you know, Carolyn Mice, like tons of those kind of books. And I, But I didn't want to write that. But I wanted to take that information and dabble it out there in bits for people to read in a fictional setting where it doesn't seem intimidating or controversial, where it's, it's, you could be more curious about it. And some people may never think past that, and other people may explore more, and they may find something that works for them or might decide that it's not theirs at all. But that was why I started adding bits and pieces of that, because I knew how much it helped me in my own growth and not saying it's for everybody, but if if it is and you're not aware of it through a fictional story, you might discover it. Well, that's what's so great about fiction and being, uh, of course, yes, we're all, we're writers, but I think we're first readers, even you, like in a very Mm -hmm. direct way, right? You, you, you became connected with writing through a a book club, but we're first readers. And, and I, that what I love about reading is being able to inhabit those other worlds. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and what I try and do with my books, again, I do primarily women's fiction, although I've hopped around genres. So I, I really feel your pain when you say, what, what, you know, what box do I tick on Amazon? Because I think a lot of my books 
are really a melding of genres. So I've written mm-hmm. some paranormal, but they're really women's fiction. And I've written some contemporary romances, but they're not that different from my women's fiction. And then I have straight women's fiction family sagas. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to, to tick a box, but I think I lost my train of thought there. But anyway, no, I, I, I <laughs> definitely hear what you're saying about the difficulty of, of, of genres. But I, again, I think what's great about being a reader is being able to enter those worlds. And so, you know, I hope when people read my books, they enter my world. A lot of what I do is mine my own background. So a lot of my books are set in, you know, the Irish American, you know, the Irish diaspora. And I, I do a lot of, you know, some of my, some of my characters are lawyers, but don't hold that against them. But I, you know, again, Mm -hmm. as a writer, I think the best thing you can do is show what, what makes you different, what, what, what's passionate to you. And so I, you know, as opposed to a lot of, a lot of writers, and I know I've tried to do it myself, is write to what's popular now, right? Write to what will sell. Oh, yes. And that's just a recipe, at least for me, is a recipe for disaster. So anyway, I think, I, I think that sounds really great. Now, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your favorite character, you know, and is there any character that you think is most like you? Well, my favorite character would be from the first book I wrote. And his name's Jackson, and he's a former Navy SEAL who's gone through a lot of emotional stuff. And it's 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 from Learning to Bend, and it's a women's fiction. There's romance, but it, each he and the female character grow, and how they help each other grow. So he he's just he's there's something just so I don't know. I think partly because he's incredibly hot and adorable, and yet raw and has so many flaws that, you know, you're drawn to him. Uh, but how he sees life and how he cracks his heart open begins to allow others to do for him. So I love him. Um, my character that's most like me is one of the main characters in the current series, Marley. And she actually evolves into a right. I mean, she's a journalist, but then she ends up as a, a writer for novels. And I find that she and I, well, we struggle with some of the same things. So it's easy, as you say, your own experiences, it's, you can put twists on them. And um, you, because you struggle with them, you become your own mini expert on that topic for you, not for others but you're able to easily write about or more easily write about them. And I, it's so, it's interesting. And I, I wondering if you feel the same way that we sometimes consciously project people we know onto certain characters, there certain qualities of them, but then people will come up to you who have read your book and identify somebody you didn't consciously connect to a character and say, oh, that's so much like so-and-so. I could tell when I was reading this. And it's, our minds are so interesting how they work, how we pull without even realizing it from our past and add that, weave that into our current um, or so. Yeah. No, I definitely experienced that. I think, I think there's a little bit of Bernadette in all my characters, um, both for good <laughs> and bad. And, and it's funny. Yes. You know, I, I, I write also a lot about the mother-daughter relationship. That's the central in a lot of my books. And I also have done, like, sisters and best friends. Like, And a lot of times people will say, 
oh, you're writing about your mother. That's just like your mother. And I'm like, and sometimes my, the mothers in my stories are not so great. I was like, no, no, this is nothing like my mother, but I am also my mother. So, I mean, I'm also a mother. So a lot of what I'll put in some of these characters are the failings I see in myself as a mother. So it kind of goes back mm-hmm. to the point you raised earlier about writing is such such a vulnerable space, you know, and you have to be in the right time in your life to be that vulnerable and to create characters like that. But I've also, sometimes I'll take a character and their outward characteristics will be maybe like somebody I know, but ultimately then once you start really creating them and writing them and, you know, by the fifth draft, they are just a a very faint shadow of whoever initially inspired them. So they all become their own people, I feel. But, but is that, I was just reading that, yeah, go ahead. Yes, did I read that? And she said the exact same thing, that you start off with this plan for this character, you add different pieces, but then the character just takes off on its own. And, you know, they they develop their own personality as you're writing this story, which it's so, it's that's, that's what's happened in times. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. My the la- The last book that I wrote, A Safe Distance, is about two neighbors, so two women. And there was one, and it's from the, I always write from the first person. And so it's, you know, alternating points of view. And I thought one character was going to be kind of the star, but the other character who was kind of like the villain a little bit, I started loving her. And so in some ways she kind of stole the limelight and she became the star. So again, you could start off one way of thinking what these characters are going to be like. And then they go a different direction. I think what's also hard when um, when people you know write read your books is because they know you. Again, they say, "Oh, you were really thinking about so and so, or you were writing about so and so." Or even I wrote a book called Friends Forever, which is based in Upstate College, and that's where I went to college. And the main character has done did some crazy things that I did not do in college. But I had a friend who was like. <laughs> wow, I, I, I didn't know you were, you know, such a wild girl in college. And I was like, trust me, I was not. <laughs> I was a nerd. But, you know, so that's that's one of the challenges of letting people into your life. So that actually brings me to my next question is, what has been the reaction from people in your life about about your writing career? Have they been supportive? Incredibly. Uh, I've been really blessed with that. And it's, I know I'm annoying because when I get that proof book back and I, I should just go get a hotel room because I am useless in the house. I just get so focused on that. And it's, I should have like a sign on my office, like in process, you know, like in different colors as to come in or this is not the time. But norm, normally I don't let it control me. It's just every once in a while I go into my, cave and I need that quiet alone time to do the final precision work which is the hardest for me um but no my family's been great they have they've shown up they've read drafts um offered input I'm I I have been pretty careful not to consciously model characters after immediate family members because of protecting my kids and my husband you know mm-hmm. it's 
there's some personal things, sometimes inadvertently more settings because I, I was doing things in Boston. In fact, I'm going back to Boston in this book and that I'm writing. And both my sons went to college in Boston and lived there afterwards for a bit. So, but it's, as you said, it's an area I know. I've spent a lot of time there, so I'm comfortable writing about it. The same with Philadelphia. I've spent time in Philadelphia. And, um, but I wouldn't write about my hometown because that's so small and so personal. So it's, it's that fine line, um, for sure. But no, friends have been great with reading my books and advanced readers and, um, supporting me. I, as I said, I'm really lucky with that. But sometimes I worry what they're going to think. As you said, do they think I did certain things or how are they going to react? Are they going to connect dots that are not to be connected? Yeah. Well, that's that's a great way Can it, to try and interpret what I'm thinking. Like I said, writing is such a otherworldly in some ways exercise. And so I can't always tell you why I made my character do a certain mm-hmm. thing. It's not because I did it when I was in college. It's because it was the right thing for that character to do in this particular book. So, but it's, I think you can never convince somebody <laughs> if they, if they're convinced that character X is just like aunt Susie, there's probably nothing you can do to convince them that it's not. So you <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Save your breath, save your breath. Now maybe you could tell us a little bit about your publication journey, how you're published and also what you do in terms of promotion. I have self-published all of my books. Um, I, With the first book, Learning to Bend, I put it out for query, and after six months, I decided that because I'm starting at a later stage of life, I didn't have time to wait and see if I could get published. And um, for me, I wanted to put a message out there, and this seemed to be the most direct way. And I've worked with different people along the way. They've all been great and have met different needs at different times. Um, And it's, I mean, that's the hard thing about, I'm sure, and even when you have a publisher, you're doing a lot of things that aren't writing per se, Mm -hmm. but I've had to grow and expand in my knowledge in so many different areas, especially in technology, to be able to do a lot of it myself. And um, it's, you know, just from choosing book covers to doing, learning how to, you know, making sure you cross all the T's with copyrights and Library of Congress and all these checklists that you go through, all the different things you need to to do and the advertising on Amazon and, and also, I, I forget what it's called, but on author's page you can create like almost a movie poster of your book as a way to advertise it. So you're learning all those different skills at the end of the journey of the book. And um, so that, I think that's always good for your brain as well to expand your knowledge. Um, And in terms of promoting, that has been the most difficult thing for me. It's, it's, it really takes me out of my comfort zone, self-promotion, but it's necessary, right? So um, I've I've done some promotional tours. I do Goodreads. I also do Goodreads getaways. Um, I will go to book clubs and speak because I think that I think that was so helpful for me, and I would love to encourage others in the same way. I have a blog 
that I write two blogs every month and send I send them through a newsletter. I also I took a little bit of a break from social media, um, but then I quickly realized that you can't sell books and not be on social media. Or if you can, somebody else has got to have a great platform for you. So I've been going back, but very intentionally, and that's been a learning process as well. So uh, to me, it's more than just my books. It's it's also, I guess, my blogs and just trying to promote a general the message of you know how we all can elevate. And it's it's not my job or my right to to have any formula for anybody else. But there are different avenues that we can be exposed to, we can learn, we can think about, we can question, and maybe in the process we'll grow. And if not, we'll find our, we'll find a different a different path. Um, so uh, I'm always open to new ideas for promoting um, just even things like just sharing your books with people. You never know if you get it in the right hand how that will blossom. And podcasts are also another thing, so thank you for that. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, this has been so fun, Michelle, um, hearing about your writing journey. Now, maybe you could just quickly tell people where they can find you online. I have a website. It's michellemdavis.net. Instagram is Michelle Miller Davis. And Facebook is Michelle um, M. Davis. And Michelle has two L's. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me. And you did a great job in your podcast. I'm sure you'll, there's more in your future. And, and your books sound amazing and very unique. And I'm, I'm looking forward to checking them out. So again, thanks so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. So just a reminder to all the listeners, there are over 50 shows in the archives. So I would encourage everyone to listen to them. Also, again, please like the Fearless Fiction Facebook page for information about upcoming guests. You can also sign up for my newsletter on BernadetteWalsh.com, and you will receive a free copy of A Safe Distance. And talking about free, my paranormal horror novel about a family of Irish witches, The Devlin Witch Book One, is free, so please check that out, as is my women's fiction title, Friends Forever. Now, Friends Forever will no longer be free in, um, after, I think, two weeks. I think I'm going to keep it free for another two weeks. So if you are interested in that book, please, please, um, please download that for free. Save yourself some money. And then, of course, always appreciate um, reviews. So reviews are so important to indie authors. So if you like something of mine or any of my guests, please, please, please leave a review. So thanks again for joining me today. This is Bernadette Walsh. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.